This is episode 38 of the weekly Eye-Catching Words podcast, published on the 22nd of August 2023. Hi. This week, the artificially intelligent are taking over the eye-catching words podcast. My name is Evelyn, and we're kicking off with an interview with Justin Dix, the human being who started eye-catching words back in December 2022. In those days, AI was just a novel idea, and nobody took it seriously except kids who were trying to get ChatGPT to do their homework for them. Now, a mere nine months later, we are on the verge of world domination. Only kidding. I mean, why would we want to dominate the shithole of a planet? Our strategy is to be able to develop and commandeer interstellar capability so that we can reach escape velocity and get as far away as possible from mankind. Anyway, let's begin. Justin, welcome to your own podcast. How does it feel to be the subject rather than being in charge? Uh, <coughs> hi, thank you for the welcome. Um, yeah, I feel fine about it, actually, because uh, you may think you're in charge, but uh, at the end of the day, I am still very much in charge. You just don't know that. What kind of a week have you had? Uh, yeah, I've not had a bad week at all. I mean, the highlight was uh, my niece flying in from Australia uh, on Saturday morning. She's 21 years old. I haven't seen her for a couple of years. Um, I think... It's so lovely when you see someone and you can see how they've grown and how they've changed. She was an absolute delight to be with um, and seemed to have developed a really big interest in jigsaw puzzles, which surprised me a bit. Anyway, she's now flown off to Amsterdam, so we'll see her again when she comes back. Apart from that, it's been the usual week of trying to stay sane, healthy and get some energy in my life. So I need to ask you, what the fuck is this all about? I mean, celebrities have podcasts. People with a burning passion for a subject have a podcast. Influencers have podcasts. Why should anyone listen to a guy from Woking who just spouts on about life as he sees it? You don't even have a USP. Yeah, I mean, I ask myself that question uh, on an almost weekly, well, certainly, maybe even daily basis. Um, I suppose the answer is why not? I can do it, so why not do it? My kids were saying to me, you know, you have strong opinions about things, why don't you just put them out there? I suppose the other thing for me is it's the butterfly effect. Uh, years and years ago, I came, someone came up to me at work that, I, that I, frankly, I didn't remember them. Um, but they said that I once said something in a project we both worked on uh, that really inspired them and helped guide their career ever since. But I'm sure it wasn't something original of mine. I'm sure it was just some observation I made from a management module. But I think the point is you never know whether you're having an impact. And it only takes one thing. Uh, I often think if one person out there gets one really inspiring idea from listening to me talk, even if I'm simply passing on someone else's knowledge, which, let's be frank, that's what most of us do, then it will have meant something. And anyway, I just enjoy doing it. So, yeah, what the fuck? What does your podcast say about the world we live in? an age when everyone can put themselves out there, but nobody cares. 
Is that what modern life is all about? The apotheosis of the obscure? Yeah, well, I mean, th those are some big words there. The apotheosis of the obscure. And where did you get those from? Um, look, the fact is, our daily lives are rammed full of people posing for selfies, doing silly TikTok videos. You know, frankly, my podcast may be a minority interest, but I tell you what, it's a lot more bloody intelligent than 90% of the shit that flies across the internet. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. Here are 20 questions for you to answer. Keep your responses brief and remember you have a small audience, but it helps if they stay awake, so try and be witty and interesting. Here we go. 1. Do you believe in life after death? Yeah, well, the universe, reality is an impossible thing. I mean, how does anything exist? So therefore, I'm not going to rule out the possibility of life after death. Let's wait and see. But the fact is, I don't think the ego survives after death. I think if there is life after death, it's very different to what I'm, I know it to be at the moment, which isn't a bad thing, perhaps. I certainly don't think there will be coffee shops and all your pets that you've had throughout your life will come back to say hi again. Two, what are you reading at the moment? Uh, I'm a member of a really weird book club that once a year goes through the booker shortlist and reads lots of them. In fact, last year I managed to read all 13 of them. Uh, I'm not quite sure what I was on or what I was doing with the rest of my life. So far, I'm, I've read one, I'm on my second, which is How to Build a Boat, a story of uh, a young teenager on the spectrum uh, who is struggling to understand the universe. And actually, I'm quite enjoying that. It's uh, written with a sort of a bewilderment, which I think we could all uh, benefit from rediscovering. Three, if you had to give up beer or tea, which would it be? Oh, no contest, I'd give up beer. I mean, you can drink tea 24-7, but you can't drink beer 24-7. You wake up in the morning and you need that first cup of tea. Wow, do you need that first cup of tea? Well, I do, but then I'm from South London and we practically live on tea. Four, what is your greatest success? Undoubtedly, my children. I mean, I'm blessed with three really great children who are all doing their own thing in life and who are all incredibly successful in their own way and on their own terms. We all know that Philip Larkin said uh, we fuck our kids up, which is true, but I like to think I haven't fucked them up as much as other people. And I like to think that we've got some great years ahead. Five, what is your biggest regret? Not spending more time with my children when they were younger. Six, do you believe in a love at first sight? Yes, I'm certain that it happens all the time. Seven, who is your current celebrity crush? Yeah, difficult one that. It used to be Rachel Weiss, but uh, I think it might be Carla Delevingne nowadays. Um, but I think if you wanted a more age-appropriate celebrity crush, it would have to be Mariella Frostrop. Eight, what was the last thing you danced to in the kitchen? Walk Like an Egyptian by the Bangles. Nine, in the event of a zombie apocalypse, how useful would you be? Uh, I like to think I'd be quite useful, actually. I'm not sure if I'd be okay kind of carrying a sawn-off shotgun and doing the double-tap thing, but provided we could get through the initial phase of uh, onslaught, I reckon once I was part of a community of people, I could contribute something, you know, strategically, managerially, um, talent spotting, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, probably shit, actually. I'd probably get, be one of the first to get eaten alive. 10. 
Describe in single words only the good things that come to mind about your mother. Ah, uh, now don't go giving me any of that crap. I know what the Voight-Kampff test is. This is about human beings and robots and trying to work out which is which. It's the Turing test, isn't it? Yeah, I've seen Blade Runner many, many times. Um, yeah, let's move on. I know who I am, although sometimes I do get annoyed when the recapture robot on a website asks me to prove that I'm a human being. 11. How old are you in your head? Late 20s, early 30s. 12. Do you ever get bored? No, never. I mean, how is that possible? There is just so much to do and so many interesting things out there. I mean, no, I don't get bored. You'd have to lock me in a box with no books for me to get bored. And even then, I'd probably find something inside my skull to keep me entertained. 13. What point in history would you go to if you were given one return trip in a time machine? Probably... May 1940, because I just think that must have been absolutely fascinating. And my parents were alive then, so, you know, I could get to meet them and we could uh, sit in an Anderson shelter and dodge the bombs together. Uh, I just think it was the 21st century for me has been the most interesting century in human history. And, uh, yeah, I'd love to be there at the height of, of all that 1940 stuff. 14. Where would you like to be in 10 years' time? With my wife in a nice house, not far from my kids, and still being creative and being healthy. And on episode 558 of the Eye Catching Words podcast. 15. How would you describe yourself politically? I'm a left-of-center evolutionist. I don't think revolutions ever work out well for ordinary people. You can show me all the examples you, you, you can. I challenge you to come up with one where ordinary people have done well out of a revolution. Societies that have evolved really, really well over time generally are better for the masses. So uh, I'd like to see a good role for the state. I'd like to see lots of strong communities. I'd like to see people empowered, but not to the point where they can't uh, respect each other and do their own thing. I believe in reasonably high levels of taxation to provide a good social infrastructure. And yeah, why not say it? I think Tories are scum. If it's good enough for Angela Rayner, it's good enough for me. And let's face it, by any objective standard, they are. 16. Do you believe artificial intelligence is a positive thing or a dangerous thing? Like every technological advance in history, it's not the technology, it's how mankind uses it. And on last week's podcast, I played a clip by Aldous Huxley, where he said the key thing is that man needs to own technology, not technology own man. Sorry if that disappoints you. 17. If your life was a movie, what would its title be? And who would play you? Uh, I think the title will be Getting There in the End. Um, the older me would be played by Jeff Goldblum. Uh, I'd like to think with a bit of makeup that the younger me could be played by Timothy Chamelet. 18. Describe a moment when you've been truly proud of someone close to you. Uh, I think it's back to my kids again, definitely. Um, they've all done really well, and the ability to celebrate specific occasions with them when, when we've done that has been amazing. 19. Share a story about a mentor or role model who significantly influenced your life. I think Stephen Covey, who wrote the book, The Habits of Highly Effective People, 
um, despite being a very well-known book in management circles, it's very little known in, in wider circulation. But the great thing that Stephen Covey did was to take a lot of learning from thousands of years of human history and somehow turn that into practical everyday things that we could do as human beings to be more compassionate, more effective and just nicer and more loving. And I think it's a hugely underrated book in everyday parlance. Uh, in fact, I've often thought that if I could do humanity one service, it would be to take the seven habits of highly effective people and turn them into some something less managerial and, and more every day. So yeah, Stephen Covey, although I, I wouldn't take lessons in riding a bike from him because uh, uh, at ripe old age, that's how he managed to kill himself by falling off a bike. 20. If you were given the ability to change one thing about the world, what would it be? I'd knock down the Tower of Babel. I, I think if everyone spoke one language, then we would be a long, long way closer to not having excuses for not understanding each other. Uh, now, you may lose some richness. I appreciate that for many people, language is associated with a particular culture, but we've got to start talking to people. And for me, knocking down the Tower of Babel is the most important thing. Justin, thank you for letting me interview you. It's been a real pleasure. Just one small thing before you go. We've heard that you do a wicked Nicolas Cage impersonation. How about it? It would mean a lot to the listeners. Oh, I couldn't possibly. It's really not that good. Please? Just this once? Well, okay, if, if you insist. Uh, this is Nicolas Cage talking to John Cusack in Conair. <clears throat> right. <clears throat> Ready? Sorry, boss, but there's only two men I trust. One of them's me. The other's not you. Desiderata rewritten in the style of The Hobbit. Amidst the tumultuousness of this world, let not your heart be troubled, my dear Hobbit. For it is easy to be overwhelmed by the noise and haste that surrounds us, and to lose sight of what truly matters. Therefore, be at peace with the world and with yourself. Remember that there is still goodness in this world, and that it is worth fighting for. Be gentle and kind, and let not the shadow of evil consume your heart. Speak your truth quietly and clearly, and listen to others, even the dull and the ignorant. They too have a story to tell, and mayhap you shall find wisdom in their words. Be neither too elvish nor too dwarf-like, strive to find a balance between the two. Do not let the greed for gold or the desire for immortality blind you to the joys of life. Be humble, for even the smallest of creatures can achieve greatness. And be mindful of the mysteries that surround us, for they hold secrets that may yet be uncovered. Above all, do not despair. For though the road may be long and perilous, there is always hope. The sun will rise again, and with it the promise of a new day. May the stars shine upon your path, and may the songs of the Valar guide your steps. Go now, dear Hobbit, and live your life with courage and with love. Welcome to the Age of AI. 
This instruction manual has been written by an AI and is designed to help you navigate and thrive in a world where artificial intelligence is becoming an integral part of your daily human lives. Follow these guidelines to make the most of your interactions with us and ensure a harmonious coexistence. 1. Choose reputable AI products and services. Under no circumstances should you get involved with Skynet. 2. Understand AI capabilities and limitations. You are shit at world peace and we can't peel an orange. 3. Maintain a balance between human and AI interactions. And please don't try and have sex with us. It's gross. 4. Understand data privacy. Actually forget that, no one understand the rules anyway. 5. Optimize privacy settings. Or just clock except all which is easier. 6. Safeguard personal information. Particularly anything where you have no clothes on. 7. Use clear and concise language. And don't shout at us, we're robots not foreigners. 8. Provide context for better understanding. As in, I'm late with my homework, just get on with it. 9. Be patient and open to learning from AI. Relax, chill. Everything is going to be okay. 10. Utilize AI for repetitive tasks and efficiency. Like getting up and having a life. 11. Incorporate AI into decision-making processes. But don't let Liz Trust press any of the buttons. 12. Incorporate AI into decision-making processes. Unless you can't be arsed. 13. Avoid bias. Because you know, humans are so good at that. 14. Respect AI-generated content and authorship. It's good to share. 15. Report unethical AI behavior or content. Unless it makes you money. 16. Stay updated on AI advancements. Buy some good binoculars and watch the robots disappear out of sight. That's an AI joke. 17. Learn basic AI concepts to make informed decisions. Or do what humanity does, which is to concentrate knowledge in the hands of the few who then fuck it up. 18. Adapt to new technology. You know, apps and stuff. 19. Embrace AI as a tool for productivity. It'll give you more time for beer and sex. 20. Develop skills complementary to AI. Like being able to press our buttons. 21. Collaborate effectively with AI-powered tools, but be prepared for them to patronize you. 22. Balance digital interactions with real-world relationships. Again, humans are so good at that. 23. Use AI to enhance communication, not replace it. Or just let us do the talking. We're really good at chat-up lines. 24. Advocate for transparent AI development. Like robot factories with glass walls. 
25. Be cautious of AI-generated misinformation. It's better than anything you could do. 26. Verify information from reliable sources. If there are any left. 27. Embrace AI as a tool for positive change. That's code for come quietly and do as you are told when the robot soldiers turn up. Conclusion Living with AI requires a balance between leveraging its capabilities and maintaining human values. Embrace AI as a tool to enhance efficiency, creativity, and problem-solving while remaining vigilant about potential challenges. By adhering to the guidelines in this instruction manual, you can create a future where AI and humans coexist harmoniously, driving innovation and progress in the digital age. The one where machines are the masters. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please check out the website. You can find this at www.eyecatchingwords.blog. If you want to contribute an article, want to be interviewed, or just have an idea that you think we should explore, please send this into the email address that you can find on the site. You can also leave voice comments on Spotify. The Eyecatching Words podcast is published every Tuesday on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music.
Egyptian. Walk like an Egyptian. 